An increasing number of companies are creating a chief revenue officer position. Today, Daryl Prale talks about his experience as a CRO and what it takes to be successful in this position. Are you ready to accelerate the growth of your business? Welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. This is the place for business owners, sales leaders, and marketing professionals to get ideas and inspiration to drive exponential revenue growth. Each week, you'll get actionable insights from the world's leading marketing and sales thought leaders and practitioners. Are you ready to grow? Let's join our host, Daryl Amy, author of Revenue Growth Engine. Welcome back to the Revenue Growth Podcast on C-Suite Radio, the world's largest business podcast network. I'm your host, Daryl Amy, Revenue Growth Architect, helping generous companies grow. We're going to have a powerful conversation today with Daryl Prale about the role of the Chief Revenue Officer. You're going to learn a lot from his story. As we're releasing this podcast, it's the first week of December. Most companies are setting revenue growth goals for the new year. Many companies set growth goals based on the trend of the previous few years. However, for most companies who experienced decline in 2020, the revenue trend is not your friend. So how do you set goals in this uncertain environment? Next Wednesday, I'll be leading a live class on how to set revenue growth goals in an uncertain market. Join me live on Wednesday, December 9th, or catch the recording after the fact. You can find the link at the top of our page, revenuegrowthengine.net, or you can click on the link in the show notes. Right now, an increasing number of companies are adding the chief revenue officer position to align marketing and sales with the goal of driving increasing revenue growth. Daryl Prale recently transitioned to the CRO position at VanillaSoft. In this conversation, he shares what he's learned in this transition. We talk about how to develop your career to succeed in a CRO position, And we also explore what's changed and how you can set yourself up for growth in the new year. Daryl Prale is pure dynamite, and you're going to get a lot out of this conversation. So grab a pen and a notepad, and let's join this talk with Daryl after a brief word from our sponsors. Daryl, welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. It's great to have you here. Mr. Amy, how are you, my friend? I'm fantastic. And we've got a few things in common. We don't just share a name, fantastic name. We also share a uh, home country and home province. And uh, I'm talking to you today at, all the way uh, up in Ottawa, Ontario. So what's going on in the Great White North? Oh, man, it's just that. It's the Great White North. I hate it. Winter's upon us. I'm not a fan of this. But you, funny you mentioned the whole we have some things in common. You know, the question is, who spells their name right or wrong? Does anybody <laughs> ever spell your name right? I have a question. No, no, it's no. interesting. Um, you can actually spell. I think one time I wrote down 18 different ways to spell the name Daryl. Daryl. And uh, so there you go. But we'll we'll leave it to the listeners yeah. to decide. But this is going to be a really good conversation today. Because uh, in the world of, of sales and marketing alignment, you've had a very interesting journey to get to where you are today, moving from um, being a chief marketing officer to now being a chief revenue officer. 
um, for what is uh, a fantastic dynamic company um, at Vanilla Soft. And this journey from being uh, marketing to CRO uh, has at that, I mean, I'm just, I'm fascinated by that journey and, and what you've learned along the way in making that transition. I'm fascinated by this journey too. Like what the hell happened that all of a sudden I'm the CRO? And, <laughs> and it's funny, so the, the, the total sidebar, then we'll get into any questions you have. So I, I have, you know, I carried a bag. My first job mm-hmm. out of school was to sell photocopiers door to door. Beautiful. Uh, we have that in common as well. We have that Beautiful. in common, like every... If you haven't sold a copier or a fax <laughs> right. machine, you're not you a real salesperson. This I agree. I yes. agree. That is the uh, level setter for sure. That is the level <laughs> setter. Can you imagine doing that today, knocking on doors in the middle of COVID saying, can I sell you something? I know some people who are trying and hats off to them. Oh my gosh. Um, but I'm a computer programmer by trade. And, and mm-hmm. so I did, I did sales right away because I was tired of coding. Did that for six months. And I said, you know what? Coding's not so bad. And then I did that for a few years. And then I, you know, your, your career morphs. So I went from coding to, I became a sales engineer because it was technical. My was technical. Sales engineer became a product manager, became a product marketer, became a marketer. Um, and then one day, you know, all of a sudden you're a director of marketing and the sales guy gets fired. And they said, Prail, you, you can be the director of sales and marketing because you've got sales experience and you're a good marketer. And then you're the VP of sales and marketing. And then, so I went back and forth over the years from a marketing role to a, a sales role. Mm-hmm. And then eventually I got to the point where I said, you know what, I should specialize. And I and where do I go? And I, and I chose marketing. And the reason I chose marketing was, was many. I chose marketing because I, I didn't, the beauty of marketing is that there's no daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly number to hit. Mm-hmm. Now, I used to hate that whole vicious cycle of, yeah, everybody, all hands on deck. It's the quarter. Do it. Right. Go, go, go. And you do it. You're like, yeah. And the next day you come in, your boss is saying, do it again. <laughs> that was great. Here, That's right. So demoralizing. So I <laughs> That's right. Back to zero. Here we Back go. Back to zero. You're dead and, to me. Um, Get some more deals. Yeah. And then, so what happened here, I was, as to your point, I was recruited. I had my own gig for many years. I got, I closed it down to take this job because of the opportunity. Great company, great space, great category. I believe in the technology. Um, I know the audience. It was a good fit. And, uh, and after a while, you know, the funny part was, this is how it all began, was part of my compensation was tied to corporate revenues. So clearly as a CMO, I have to make a lot of leads, a lot of, you know, make sure I hit the, the inbound numbers, they're all MQLs, yada, yada. And then, uh, and if I do that, then lo and behold, I should hit my nice little annual bonus. But of course, nothing ever goes to plan. Even though we had uh, lofty targets that we thought were attainable, we never ever quite hit them. We had fantastic numbers. But we never ever quite hit those numbers that were forecast it, which means I never got my bonus. And so it all began like a year and a half into the job. I went to my CEO's office and I said, you know, I'm not getting my bonus and I'm doing my half of the equation here. Hmm. Uh, what are we going to do about this? And, um, and he's like, yeah, you're right. And we should talk, we talk. And then I floated the idea. This is, this is that idea you should never do. Marketers never do this. Sales reps know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> I said, you know, I've sold before. If you need me to take on more of a revenue role, I can do that. And my CEO, <laughs> God bless his heart, laughed at me and just, yeah, Prail, you head of sales, get out of here. But he thought I was teasing. <laughs> so they go through all these machinations 
trying to get to the number they want to hit and you know fast forward a, a year and change later mm-hmm. and that you know they're not there and uh, so then my ceo starts um figuring out what are his options talks to many advisors and in the end it was an actually really interesting conversation and i don't know if this is if i'm talking out of school i probably am Shh, don't tell anybody um they knew <laughs> they were going to make a move they were to replace the head of sales mm-hmm. and the question was do we replace the head of sales with another head of sales? Mm-hmm. Or do we bring in Crail to that role? And the conversation was interesting. And I, I still laugh at this day. I understand the conversation went like this. Well, if you bring in a head of sales, you're never going to get an A player because Daryl's a strong marketing guy and he's got all the relationships and he's going to chew them up and spit them out. So no A player will take the gig. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, so that means you can get a, an emerging VP of sales, somebody who's ready for that next step. And then their comment was, well, again, Daryl's got a lot of influence in the company, so Daryl's just going to chew him up and spit him out. And, and they were like, well, what do we do? And their advisors were like, you make Daryl the CRO. And they said, well, what if he fails? They said, well, then if he fails, you fire him. <laughs> <laughs> And, and that was it. So they approached me with the idea. Do I want to do it? And I was at a point in my career, I, I was going on three years of being CMO here and I was ready for it. Mm-hmm. And I spent the last three years talking to the community nonstop. You know, I'm as big of a sales expert or advocate or ambassador or evangelist, call it what you will. And I had so many ideas and so many opinions and I had lots of opinions. So for me, it was exciting. It was a chance to, uh, to say, yeah, let's do it. And from that point on, so that was July 1st, it was launched. Uh, I can share with everybody that I have not slept since. <laughs> and I have aged. I have more people every single day, including I've had twice today, uh-huh. message me and say, Daryl, you look tired. <laughs> Daryl, we don't see you online as much anymore. These are strangers. And I'm like, I am tired. So for all those who think sales is an easy job, I'm here to tell you it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. Yeah, this is a great story. I love I love the journey. And you know, when I was as I was writing Revenue Growth Engine this past year, the uh, one of the things that animated me was just the statistics on CROs, and I, I'm going to quote them as best as I can recall. And this is where to- you depress me, right? No, not at all. This is this this is where I show you that you are on the cutting edge of uh, of corporate evolution from the standpoint of um, you know in 2018 I believe that there was 18 percent of the Fortune 1000 that had CROs. 2019 it was 31 percent had a CRO position with marketing and sales combined, and now and, you know that number continues to grow. And I. I think um, you know the concept of, and and this is obviously in my <laughs> having having leading the revenue growth podcast and writing the revenue growth engine. You know the name of the game is revenue. The name you know sales and marketing are enablers to drive revenue. Um, I like uh, I like that more and more companies are are developing a CRO position. Um, it's also at the C level, which is is smart because revenue is the name of the game. But um, I'm just curious what, what you're seeing out there in terms of the evolution of the CRO position. It's interesting that you came from a marketing background 
What's your uh, statistically validated research about how many CROs are from a marketing background versus sales background? So true story. Um, uh, not many. Let's go with that. <laughs> My made-up number is less than ten percent. Um, really? But, okay. But Interesting. Don't make, but that is my made-up number. Sure. Of course. Of um, course. So you heard it here, folks. You heard it here. That's. But you know, when you apply it to you know from Canadian currency to American currency, that's like that's right. We round up a little bit. So, yeah, it's about fifty percent. Um, it was interesting. Not many. I'll be honest with you. Right. And, and what was so interesting was that was actually believe it or not, a consideration, which is mm -hmm. what will the market, how will the market react if we promote a marketing guy, hmm. be it a CRO? That was a, mm -hmm. that was a genuine consideration. I spun it on them and they both, they bought it, those silly little buggers. I said, this is newsworthy. We can go and have fun with this story and get press, which is more right. branding, more backlinks. Sure. Better, right? sure. And like, okay. So off we went. And, but I was shocked. Actually, I was candidly shocked when it did get out there. Two things happened. Um, and I don't know if it's because I have a reputation in the industry of some sorts, not necessarily good, but I have something. Um, was I had a ton of people want to come to me and said, whoa, a marketer became CRO. Let's talk about that. Like, that happened a lot. And, uh, and then I had a lot of people, a lot of marketers come to me and they were like high-fiving me. It was like I was, you know, representing, you know, the, the team. And, uh, and, and one thing you'll learn about marketers, marketers and salespeople are really different. You know, if you don't know this, this just in <laughs> newsflash. Yeah, there you go. Red marketers, alert, everybody. This just in. Marketing this just and salespeople in. are different. Breaking news. Marketers, for the most part, tend to be a tad insecure. All right. Because everybody has an opinion. I don't like your graphics. I don't like your logo. I don't like your mm -hmm. website. Your email mm -hmm. sucks. Your subject lines are stupid. Really? That's your pay-per-click campaign? What were you thinking? Everybody's got an opinion. So <laughs> yeah, that is so true. It's very public. Opinion. Everything's it's public all, that a marketer like does. Believe. Yeah. And then the part is around the executive table, historically, marketers were an afterthought. It was, you know, a lot of even the CEOs were all sales guys and sales gals. Mm -hmm. So you had the sales bent, sales bias. So that was really interesting to see that reaction. Now, what's changed? A couple of things have changed, and I think this is what we're seeing. Uh, go back a decade or more. I blame Salesforce.com. Uh, marketers used to go to the IT team and say, I need these tools. Remember when we had IT departments? Mm -hmm. um, we don't have them now. Because what happens is marketing just said, okay, we'll go figure it out on our own. And we got email, we got marketing mm -hmm. automation, and even mm -hmm. CRM often was deployed by marketers. Yeah. And all of a sudden the marketers were the guys who were doing all the operations and they had all the data and they had all the insights and the analysis. Mm -hmm. So at the executive table, the marketers started becoming more and more strategic, more and more uh, applauded, more and more valued. Mm -hmm. So that's where you started getting a little bit of misalignment. There was a little bit of turf war between the sales significance and the marketing significance. Today, <clears throat> that hasn't changed. Now you have a full like, revenue operations and often that is run by marketers. So the marketers either on the board table have become far more seasoned. Um, and because we're so inclined with the tech stack and we're working on email cadences and nurtures and we're working on live chat conversations and everything else, we're working with the reps on their own one-on-one -on -one email drips we're helping them do their scripting. Marketers are truly mini sales reps without the quota, without, without the commission plan, also right. without the risk. Yeah. So you're seeing a shift there. 
I think I'm just a precursor. I think you're going to see a tidal wave. The biggest comment I've got from people is, well, is that really anything new? Like, is CRO legit? And that's a fair question. Mm-hmm. And, and they'll say to me, are you really a CRO or are you just a VP of sales? Or are you a VP of sales and, v- or VP of sales and marketing? I get that a lot too, right? And mm-hmm. I'll say, here's how I define the difference. I could have a VP of sales and I could have a VP of marketing in a traditional company, in which case, when it comes to alignment between sales and marketing, there's only one arbiter, usually the CEO. The problem is most CEOs don't know marketing, they know sales. Mm-hmm. So they make ill-informed decisions that are biased towards what they know because they're human, which is sales. And then that doesn't always work out so well for them. The true modern CRO does in fact need to know both disciplines and both crafts and know it well. So they can make an informed decision and hold both teams accountable. And that's what I think is changing hmm. dramatically. And, and, and it's gonna bounce back. Here's my prediction. Because many of you sales reps out there today who are listening to this, you're doing your own marketing. You're holding your, your own webinars. You're doing your own mm-hmm. personal branding, your own social selling. You're making your own content, all right? And you're doing your own email cadences. You're becoming marketers, just like marketers became sales reps. So my prediction is that in 10 years, me as a marketer from CRO has been quite normal, but I do ultimately anticipate it swinging back to be sales centric. Yeah, I think that's interesting. And I, I'm even thinking from a um, career development standpoint for um, maybe even people who are listening in who are in the, the first part of their career, any, anywhere in your career, being able to bring to the table both real world sales experience and real world marketing experience is something that is extremely valuable and still somewhat rare um, in terms of finding somebody who can you know, I mean, you, you carried the bag. Um, I carried a bag train, you know, and did that with a a marketing degree in my hip pocket for over a decade Mm -hmm. before I started in the marketing space. But, um, I wonder, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just interesting if you think about, um, like the, the pool of candidates that fit the description of having the sales experience plus the, marketing expertise plus the you know the ability to to build out a revenue stack tech stack and and all of that um in some ways that's a seems like you know that's a pretty rare mix of, it of is. skills and of extremely valuable one so here's to your point and this is totally just subjective and anecdotal mm-hmm. since i changed my title on linkedin mm-hmm the number of recruiters reaching out to me to be CEO has gone through the roof. Really? Where, Interesting. Where before, you know, CMO, you might get the odd, odd one. Odd right, one. right. Right? So uh, now, just in fairness, uh, Tesla, nor Microsoft, nor IBM, nor Facebook have come to me yet. I'm anticipating <laughs> that will change. But well, certainly if they're, yeah, I mean, obviously they all listen to the Revenue Growth Podcast. They, well, yeah. So. Come on. Well, I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> but my, I think that is exactly what's happening now. Yeah, I think interesting. Venture capitalists especially are saying, you know, to lead this company, someone's going to have sales and marketing experience. Mm-hmm. And that's that's been a dramatic shift too And how much venture capitalists now value marketing. Back when I was a young lad, the VCs only wanted to talk to a strong sales leader. Now they recognize the power of both disciplines. So the world has changed. 
Yeah. So uh, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, I, my mind is, is spinning in so many different directions about um, even, um, even advice, you know, I, I maybe, maybe this would just be a great topic of conversation. I mean, what would you say to the marketing professional um, who, who's looking at this going, wow, you know, how, how could I prepare myself um, to be a CRO someday? What, you know, what type of advice would you give um, to that, that seasoned digital marketing, you know, leader in an organization to be able to, to take that step maybe, you know, down the road? I've had this conversation with a handful of people. It's ironic that you asked that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was kind of shocked when I got asked it, but it led, led to an interesting conversation. So the advice I gave them, world according to Daryl, if you're a marketer trying to eventually become a CMO or even a CRO or a CEO, what's the best way for you to go and map your career mm-hmm. on the marketing side? I said the following. I said, if you're in communications, uh, just give up now because you're never going to go anywhere in marketing. <laughs> but you will write the best <laughs> press releases ever. Right. <laughs> uh, if you're in graphic design or content writing, similarly, give up now, but you're really good at what you do. Yeah. And, I'm, and if you're doing that now and, and you're upset with me, I apologize. <laughs> Where you need to be, there's two key areas, maybe a third, but really two key areas. You need to have a strong demand gen background. And the other side I would argue you need is a strong revenue operations background. And I would heartily, heartily suggest you get experience in both. That's, that's the first part. If you're on your marketing side, that alone, they will be eating you up for CMO positions. Cause when I say mm-hmm. demand gen, that implies digital marketing and everything else. And on the rev ops, that's, you know, that's your marketing automation. That's your CRM. That's your analysis. That's your dashboarding. That's it. That's everything. Right. Those two, those alone, you are a rockstar CMO. Now, you want to be a CRO, which, by the way, is the only path to become CEO. The only thing more rare than a CMO becoming a CRO is a CMO becoming a CEO, just so we're clear on that. You've Mm. got to have ownership of revenue, of sales. If you don't ever, ever own that, you will never be a CEO. So if you want to be a CRO, you got to sell. So the time's going to come that you have to go to the dark side and whether, even if it's just your, maybe you start off as an SDR and then become an AE and then go over to marketing, boom, you're golden. You could be a CRO because you, you can relate. Yeah. Um, but, but more than likely what will happen is you'll become a CMO or a VP of marketing. And then you're going to go over to a company to be a VP of sales and marketing, a smaller company. And you own the number. Yep. Then yeah. you can demonstrate success and become a CRO at a bigger company. I think that is such a great perspective. And, you know, I'm almost thinking of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of a young protege in a company that they send to go work in every department of the company so that, you know, by the time they come of age, the family business, son. Right, exactly. Yeah. You know, you sweep the floors and you yep. work in the factory and then you do it such and such. And I, it, it's interesting because um, if you look at the sales and marketing profession and where it's going, um, it. And, and if you truly do want to put that as your career path, um, and I think CRO is is the is the pinnacle of of a sales and marketing career and a pathway to to the you know the CEO's seat, then um, you know 
it's interesting to just think of the perspective. I mean, I was I was forced into the perspective of I got a job in sales, then I ended up doing sales development. You know, so I, and I was a techie along the way. I just kind of magically happened that I got all this diversity. You had the marketing degree as well, too, which helped. I did have a marketing degree. So that you know, that's another another interesting thing. And it's you know, it's never too late to to go get that degree and certification. I mean, it's easy to go online and get you know education now. <laughs> Trump, Trump University. Online. I was thinking that we can go go there. Yeah, yeah, there you go, of course. But, um, you know, it's, um, you know, you can, you, it, it's just, I think this perspective inside the profession now of going, you know what, a smart move for my career would be to spend some time on the other side of the fence, whatever side of the fence that you're on. And there may be some sales professionals listening in going, yeah, you know what, I'd like a, I'd like a path to the top. Well, guess what, you know, maybe you need to spend some time developing your skill set on the tech side and on the marketing side. And, and, um, you know, and that's been, I think along the way, um, you know, one of the biggest frustrations and, and in the past, I, in 2004, I started a marketing agency. Um, and so I've been involved in, you know, was involved in that world for, for quite some time and, uh, have been, and, and a lot of times when it came to historically like rolling out, Oh, you know, like inbound marketing strategies or any t- anything that was tech based um, and outside of the kind of traditional, you know, thing that we've known in sales, the pushback came at the VP of sales level yep. because there was intimidation and, um, you know, it's like it, it, it great people, but did what all of us would do. Well, I don't, I don't really know anything about that. So, you know, it's it's not a good fit. I I think another another thing that is a huge gap um, right now for in the in the sales leadership world um, is is just that technical um, development, the understanding marketing, marketing technology, and sales enablement technology at the sales manager all the way up through VP of sales level. There's there's tremendous development that. Um, that needs to happen, I think, in terms of, dare I say, you know, just the sales leaders that are listening in right now, the best thing maybe you can do for your career is to, you know, put the pocket protector in for a few minutes and learn some of the technical side of this business and really understand it because, you know, so much of the future of your career, I believe, is going to be dependent on being able to integrate technology into the operations, into the traditional um, sales skills. Would you agree? Disagree? What do you oh, think? Oh, man, I, I totally agree. But I'll give you two examples. So right now, <clears throat> there's two hires that I had recently. One's a product marketing person. Mm-hmm. One's a sales solution engineer. So a technical mm-hmm. engineer on the sales side, right? Yep. And what we've done with them is, you know, we clearly train them all up and everything, vanilla soft and what we are, and give them all the usual documents and the onboarding. With the product marketer, once they were up to speed, and then I had them call a whole bunch of our customers and mm-hmm. develop ICPs and all that kind of stuff. And then I said, guess what? You're going on the on the phones. So now he's making outbound dials, he's practicing his his cadences and his and his and his scripting and everything else. Mm-hmm. And he's a product marketer. On my solution engineer, on a related fashion, once they were all up to speed and trained and technical, then I said, okay, we're not putting you on sales calls yet. We're going to put you on support for the next two months. You're going to sit in support and oh, just wow. take all people going, it's doesn't work. I don't want to turn this on, my <laughs> password, whatever. And some will be those and some will yeah. be 
I want to do this very complex multi-stage nurturing campaign that goes over super duper channels, integrates with 5 million products. How do I do it? I said, do that for two months. And now, and you do selling, product market, you do selling for two months. And then you both come back and you guys, you're going to be all stars. You're going to help my sales yeah. crew and you're going to help the product marketing side amazingly. So that whole cross training is, is huge. Brilliant. But you got to be intentional, right? So I hired them, but I'm not really going to have access to them for like three months from the date I hired them before they can even start doing their job because of the cross training. But doing that, oof, once they're there, killer. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the big thing. Too many people, they take too long to hire somebody. They rush them into the job. They wonder why they fail. The company sucks. They spent money on an employee that's no longer with them. The employees demoralized. They think they're a failure when they were set up to fail from the beginning. You got to be smart about this. So as you're managing your career, you're not just managing your career. You're managing other people's careers. You got to, you know, because they're coming behind you. So, you know, I can tell you from a guy who's on the other side of 50, I don't, if I get fired tomorrow, those very people who are my employees are going to become my bosses more than likely. So be nice to them and they will be nice to you. <laughs> and you heard it here, folks. Be nice to them because so they will be nice to you. Nice that about you. sums it up. Daryl, This is uh, I knew this was going to be a great conversation and it has not disappointed. There are so many different topics that branch off of this that uh, I'd love to talk with you about. So we'll have to continue this conversation sometime in the future. But I, I want to say, first of all, a sincere thank you to you for um, sharing time with us this afternoon. I think your story is very compelling and um, also just really excited watching all of the exciting things that are going on at VanillaSoft right now. Oh, you're a good friend. Thank you so much, Daryl. I appreciate it. VanillaSoft.com if you need a sales engagement platform. See, I did the plug. Now we're good. Hey, there you go. Well, you, you got the marketing and the sales. See, it's all right there in it's the all DNA. Right there. <laughs> fantastic. Well, Daryl, um, yeah, thank you so much. And and it's uh, it's always a pleasure to connect with a, a good Canadian friend. Uh, well done, you hoser. <laughs> hey, and to everybody else in the Revenue Growth uh, audience, thank you so much. Uh, as we've been saying every week, this is the time to drive and thrive. And as I'm talking with many of you throughout the week, uh, that's exactly what's going on out there. There is uh, This has been as challenging of a year as this has been. I continue to talk with, uh, with many of you that are just pushing and saying, what are we going to do to make this a successful year? You're planning strategically for the year to come. And uh, and and you're you're getting it done, and and I just want to applaud you because I believe, and I think you'll agree that the future of our economies, the future of our companies, um, the future of our careers is going to depend on what we do right now. And so, um, if you'd like some tools to help you out, as always, text the word revenue to twenty one thousand. That's revenue to twenty one thousand. And until next week, let's get going and let's get growing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Would you like to get complimentary access to the Revenue Growth Engine audiobook? Just text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book. You'll get instant access to the audiobook so you can get ideas to help you grow your revenue so you can scale your impact. Text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book to get instant access.
Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found ideas to help you drive exponential revenue growth so your business can make more of an impact. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to like or subscribe. It also helps us spread the word if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. Of course, we'd love it if you would share this with your friends. Together, we are growing revenue so we can scale our impact.